Thanks for listening to our podcast. The title sponsor of our podcast is Peterson Toyota, who is the largest dealership in Northern Colorado, and they've been doing it for 50 years. Peterson's staff is top-notch. They put your needs first, and they have the best selection at the best prices. Their staff will help you find the car or truck that is right for you. Keep an eye out for the 2022 Toyota Tundra, which rumor has it may be unveiled in late September. There have been a few small leaks online showing the cool new interior. It's going to be awesome. So if you're in the market for a truck or any new or used vehicle, give Peterson Toyota first shot of your business. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Ram Nation Radio. We are just a week away from kickoff. Super exciting. Uh, but today it's our pleasure to welcome in Gary Azello, 42-year career as an administrator at CSU. Well-loved for good reason, including by me. Just a month ago was named to the CSU's uh, 30th Hall of Fame class. He'll be honored alongside a great class that includes Joel Dreesen, longtime volleyball coach Rich Feller, and uh, four others, I believe, three others. Um September 10th is the induction ceremony, and he'll be honored uh, also at the Vanderbilt game, I believe at halftime or some some point on the field during that game. So give him a rousing applause. Uh, Gary graduated from CSU in 1978 and upon graduating, stayed at CSU until retiring in 2020 last year. I served as the sports information director till 2007, was promoted uh, in there from to senior associate athletic director. In 2014, he retired uh, from athletics, served his final six years in external communications for the president's office. And I first met Gary as a student when I was covering CSU athletics for the collegiate. I just will never forget. He treated me, a young, inexperienced, uh, wide-eyed college student, you know, as I was as, as important as Woody Page was from the Denver Post. I mean, he just a super, super great guy, down to earth, one of the best. I put him up there with, with Sonny Lubick, quite honestly. Gary. Thank you so much for joining us. I've missed seeing and talking to you. And uh, it's been a long time, actually. Uh, Likewise, Joel and Mike, I I miss talking with you guys. And I'm hopeful that we can catch up in person soon. You know, uh, I'm excited. Um, I'm very touched and very humbled by this, uh, frankly. And when Joe Parker called me about two months ago, a month and a half ago, and said, hey, this is what's going on. I was, I was totally shocked because that's, you know, uh, that's not something you set out and say, well, gee, I'll do this. Um, you know, I just really had a, an incredible career at Colorado State, one that I cherish every minute. Um, and I'm, I'm just blessed. And for me, the biggest thing, Joel and Mike, is um, I remember a lot of the great games but it's the people, it's people like you two that I, that I remember most. That's what means the most to me. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's a well-deserved honor and probably should have happened sooner. Uh, Mike, you're very kind. Um, I'm, I'm really excited that it happened, period. Uh, I actually asked Joe Parker if there needed to be a recount. He better check the ballot, the, the voting. There might, you know, could have been hanging chads or something, but um, just touched by it all. Well, 42 years is a long time to, to spend in one spot, but uh, you, you landed your, your dream job basically right out of college, um, working right in the sports information department for CSC Athletics. Fun McGraw actually was the one who hired you, gave you the chance. Uh, would love to hear how that opportunity transpired. I mean, to get, get a role like that right out of college. 
You know, Joel, I it's uh, here's here's the long and the short of it. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, um, I'm the son of a of, of a former high school coach, and my dad knew the basketball coach at CSU Pueblo at the time, Harry Simmons, and the court at CSU Pueblo is named in his honor. And my dad knew Harry, whose son Tim was the um, sports information director at CSU. And Harry made a connection on my dad's behalf, and I came up here and. and I, I started work at Colorado State a month after I graduated, and um, Phil McGraw hired me. I had been a, a, an intern in the sports information office, and um, uh, it, was, it was amazing because he paid me $8,800 for the year, and I thought I, was, I thought I was a millionaire that somebody was paying me to do this work. And I remember um, he gave me advice that I, I carried forward from that day. Uh, I said, Fun, do you have any advice? He says, yep. He said, show up and do the work every day. That's all you need to worry about. Show up and do the work. Um, and so it, it was fabulous. I mean, I'm, I'm working for a, an icon in, in CSU history, period, not just athletics, but CSU. Um, and so, Joel, that was, uh, that was amazing. And as I shared with you and Mike, I remember a lot of games, but the people that I got to be around, including you two, is what I remember most. How, how cool is it to be hired by one of the greatest legends in CSU history? But I, I read that, you know, you knew kind of out of high school that you wanted to do this, or maybe at some point during your college career, early in your college career, you kind of wanted to get into sports information and do something in athletics. Uh, and then you got an internship and you didn't feel like you were very good at it. And you were talking oh. with your boss and you knew oh. it quit and went home, right? Well, I got home. First of all, I got homesick and I called my dad, who is the principal at Lahana High School. And I said, Dad, I'm homesick. I think I need to come home. He says, absolutely. He said, you should do that. You should come home. And tomorrow you can start work for the Santa Fe Railroad. And I thought, you know, that's not a great deal. I mean, and, and I said, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. OK. <laughs> and uh, uh, honestly, uh, I had well. I had a I had a very fun first semester, but I didn't. Uh, my my colleagues in sports information used to call me the shadow because they never saw me. I was out goofing around, um, and um, and it showed in my grades. I didn't have horrible grades, but I I didn't meet my parents' expectations. So when the grades showed up that first semester, my dad made it very clear he was not going to pay for that crap as he called it. Well, he had another term. So I'm not paying for that. At, up there at CSU, you're going to do that. You need to come home and go to work for the railroad. And honestly, that second semester, the light went on and I, I really knew uh, th that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, this was my passion. And um, I, you hit it, Joel, on the head. Um, I had the best job in the world and I had the only job I ever wanted. You and your brother, Bud, who was my little league coach a hundred years ago, you both went to CSU. Um, what was the connection for your family with the city of Fort Collins and the university that two Southeast Colorado kids made it all the way up north to go to school there? Mike, uh, you know, it's amazing. And I, I just was on the phone with my brother earlier today. Uh, Mike, I came here after my junior year in high school with my best friend, who was Mark Driscoll's younger brother, and he passed away 
a dozen or so Tom Driscoll passed away. We came here to see Mark one summer and his roommate was Pastor Johnny Square. And from the moment I set foot in Fort Collins and set foot on campus, I fell in love with it. And I can remember going back and telling my parents, I said, that's where I want to go to school. And I, I absolutely fell in love with it. And uh, Mark was and is so gracious. And Mike, I think if you look at it, uh, people from that time on, there's a lot of southeastern Colorado people from the Arkansas Valley that, that end up here. Um, and I'd like to think that people like Mark blazed a trail and others, and that we, you know, we can continue to build that legacy. Yeah, we'll ask you more uh, about some memories as, as a SID, but what prompted you to actually move out of that and into your role in the president's office? Were you in, in external communications? Were you just done with the every night, every weekend kind of work? Yeah, uh, Joel, I think, I think that had a lot to do with it. Uh, I had been doing it for 36 years and it just felt like, you know, I needed a change in, in, in my life. Uh, it was an incredible opportunity. I think it opened my eyes to a lot of things. Uh, you know, when you're in athletics, sometimes, as you both know, you live in a silo. And I used to think we were the most passionate people on campus about CSU athletics. When I moved to university communications, I can remember telling colleagues in athletics um, that these people in university communications um, who are my friends were incredibly passionate and they follow the Rams passionately. Um, and it, it really, Joel, I'll, I'll tell you a story, um, you and Mike. My, one of my first days on the job, my boss at the time said, Gary, we have meetings today. And he named three buildings, behavioral science and two others. He says, now we're going to go to those buildings and we have these meetings. And I scratched my head and I had no idea where those buildings were. It really exposed me to an entirely different part of campus and what goes on on that campus other than athletics, which is it's all important. But it really opened my eyes and it opened my eyes, frankly, to some of the research and some of the amazing things that get done on that campus uh, that I hope people are aware of and appreciate. And then, okay, I, that's, that's awesome. I, I love that. It's, um, didn't, was Tony Pfeiffer in the same department? Did, didn't he take a role somewhere in the um, external communications as well? Tony was my work wife. Um, we, uh, our wives would joke that Tony and I were, were married at work. We worked about 15 feet away from one another. We caught a lot of grief from coworkers because, you know, we, we, we solved a lot of, we solved a lot of it. We solved a lot of issues. I can tell you that in the sports world, we had a lot of the answers. <laughs> of course you did. Uh, all right. So then, and then just to kind of catch everybody up on where you're at now, um, you retired a year ago or so, and you really couldn't stay retired. Right. <laughs> what, what were you thinking? You went right back to work for canvas and uh, as the director of university relations would and tell us what that role entails and why you just couldn't sit still and enjoy your life. Well, I joke, I joke Mike and Joel that I retired for 12 hours. I finished work at CSU one day and I started at canvas the next, you know, Matt Lubick had been in this position and he went back into coaching at Nebraska. And as I, as that process to fill that position progressed, um, I had applied for early retirement at CSU um, 
and, and, and got accepted. And when I applied, my incredible bride said, you know, that's really cool that you're going to retire. I hope you don't think you're going to just sit around the house. What are you going to do? And it worked out great. And Canvas is an amazing organization with similar to CSU, um, great people. You win with great people. Sonny used to always say that you win with people, not playbooks. Um, and so my job is to connect Canvas to campus and campus to Canvas. Uh, we work with campus orgs. We were involved with RAM Welcome and RAM Move-In last week. So it's really um, um, our CEO, Todd Marksbury, would say if he were here that the name on the stadium is really important. But what some of the other things that we are involved in in the community uh, are more important. Um, so that's really my, my job. My job is to connect CSU and Canvas as many ways as I can. And when I, when I joined Canvas a year ago, uh, I, people said, what is your goal? And what I have said to Joe Parker and what I've said to Todd Marksbury is if some university across the country has a naming rights agreement and they picked up the phone called Todd or called Joe and said, how has your program been successful, your naming rights agreement, that they'd be able to name things we've been able to do to make it successful, that, that the partnership is thriving, and here's why. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a ton of sense when you've got 35, 30, whatever thousand people on campus, students on campus that you can cultivate into, hey, this could be my first credit union that we become involved with as I get out of college, right? So, uh, I, I thought that that was a just a brilliant match between CSU and Canvas. So uh, that's that's awesome. Is it a full time role that you're in? Full time role, uh, and it's um, it's been very exciting. I think one of the exciting things for me is that um, <coughs> it allows me to stay engaged and involved at CSU, doing a lot of the things I was doing, but wearing the Canvas badge instead. And that's very exciting for me. So with all the, the many hats you wore during your time in Fort Collins, uh, what was your favorite role up there? Oh, I, you know, Mike, all of them, but I'd say that my passion was sports information. Just, um, I thought uh, Joel alluded to it when he was working at the Collegian, just the game day experience and the game day excitement. Um, I, I thought was phenomenal. I, I really enjoyed being around the coaches and the student athletes and our staff. You two appreciate it. And I, I hope the public does how dedicated coaches and student athletes are to their craft and how hard they work at it. Um, CSU doesn't win every game. Nobody does, but they darn sure try. And they're really dedicated to their craft. What was it like? Ozzy, that first time that you were not in the press box working and you got to enjoy the game, maybe with a few beers in hand. Well, I'll tell you a couple of stories. I, so until that day, Joel and Mike, I had never, ever as a student or staff member, I had never watched a game um, at, in the U stadium stance ever or in Moby ever where I wasn't at press row. Um, it was fun. It was uh, it was new. I had to call my friend Tony Pfeiffer and ask him how you tailgated because I had never tailgated at a college football game. 
And the other thing that I share with people, you guys can appreciate, uh, where Joni and my seats were about 13 rows up when I had that beer in my hand, I always felt a lot smarter than when I worked in athletics. I knew exactly what the coach ought to be doing, and I could I could tell him from right there, 13 rows up. <laughs> you know, Ozzy, this you were part of the athletic department when CSU football blew up, and I I have a lot of old VHS tapes that I like to watch when I'm jogging on the treadmill, and um, we were a major part of ESPN programming. I mean they were out at our practices sometimes and they were, we were prominently featured on their highlights all the time. You know, CSU was a, was a big deal. I mean, you, you had to manage all of the, the major uh, figures in the sports media world. What do you have any um, memories of that time during the height of sun, the sunny era when, when you oh. did have ESPN all the time and you had the Woody pages and the Randy Holtzes and, the Kislas constantly just, just uh, Natalie Meisler constantly just at our, at our campus every day. Oh, it was, it was truly amazing. Uh, I'd always held out hope that if we had the right people in place, this could be a really special place and be successful. And honestly, the right person was Sonny Lubick who proved you could win. You could win consistently at CSU and you could do it with character and integrity. And when he, when it did blow up, um, you know, Joel, I can tell you that not as often as before, but people like Mike Tarico, Kirk Herbstreet, Lee Corso, um, uh, Chris Fowler were on our campus on a regular basis. And I got to know them. I got to appreciate them. I think they appreciated what we were trying to do at Colorado State. I, I remember 1994, um, CSU and Utah were both ranked in the top 10 and both undefeated and a largest crowd in Hughes Stadium history. And the announcers were Brett Musburger and Dick Vermeil, and how uh, gracious they were. And, and those are incredible memories. And those, um, I think one of the things that I appreciated it was that, um, was that uh, my kids growing up um, would help out in the press box and help dad out um, on game days. And they got to enjoy that. And they got to meet those people. And that was a big thing for them. And so I, I, uh, I can tell you that when you look at the college landscape now, which is so incredibly different, we all know that. And it changes almost by the hour, it seems. But we were, we were the staple. We were the flagship. CSU was the flagship of Thursday night football. And it was so wildly successful that that spawned what we see now with the SEC playing on Thursday nights or the ACC. Um, it wasn't always that way. Colorado State, you guys remember, would be on two, three times a year, at least on Thursday night football on ESPN. Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that game. I mean, I've got a little panorama that uh, a framed image right above my desk that you're looking at right now that uh, Tim O'Hara, I believe, took. And uh, it's, it's even in that loss was one of my favorite moments ever as a CSU fan. That was just an un unbelievable environment that I don't know if we can ever duplicate that again. It was just, it was spectacular. And um, it was. Uh, so I'm curious about this, Ozzy, because you've been there for so long, you were there for so long um, and you saw the evolution of media and uh, outlets for people to be able to access information. But how, how do you think sports information has changed over the years 
you know, for me, you were always really gracious to bend the rules for me and Ram Nation and make sure we had access. Um, you know, back then, fan websites became very popular. You were an exception to the norm where um, I don't think many athletic departments would have granted credentials to a, a website like Ram Nation, but you did. But now, you know, now you've got social media and uh, there's so many outlets where people consume their, their content. How do you think it's changed for poor guys like Kyle Neves that are in it right now? I, I think it's changed dramatically. And I think that um, I think the biggest loss, what I see and what I miss most are the relationships. I don't think you have the, I don't, I don't see it. I don't see people on both sides building those relationships. Um, uh, and, and, you know, Joe, I had an amazing relationship with you dating back to your days at the collegian and sports writers. And I can think back and Tony Pfeiffer and I would joke about this. If I knew a big announcement was coming, we had a relationship where I could call him and, and say, Tony, what are you doing tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the morning? Why? Well, just be near your phone. I'll call you. Okay. And Tony had the same sort of relationship with me in that if there was something that he, that he found out and they were going to run a big story in the Colorado and call and say, Hey, I just want you to know this is running tomorrow. Don't be surprised. I, I think there's a, um, some of those relationships are missing in today's sports world. Um, I laugh. Um, I know that we all um, we admire and, and love Sonny Lubick, but uh, Joel, there was one year where Sonny said he was going to close practices. And I remember saying, coach, you can't close practice because we have a chain link fence. You can see right through it and see what's going on. And he goes, yeah, I guess you're right. We don't, don't need to close practice. And he never did. You got Joel, you were around. Sonny never closed practices. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I know that with the, the advent of social media, it's so instantaneous and what we see, you guys are sports junkies like I am. Sometimes it's not being, it's people don't want to be accurate. They want to be first. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, it's, I mean, it's the media in that way it, it, in general, we've, we've lost a kind of an institution that kind of keeps the checks and balances in place. I don't, I don't even think you know, media in general is what it used to be at all. Um, there's a lot of people that will report stuff just to be first without having the, that second confirmation source, you know? So um, it's, it's crazy. It's a crazy world that we're in now. Um, and it's funny you say that about um, the, the chain link fence and, and, and Sonny not really ever closing. I actually didn't know that he actually wanted to close practices, but that was one of the things that I, I was thinking about was, you know, in recent years, I think probably dating back, I don't know if Fairchild did or not, but certainly with McElwain and then Bobo and now Coach Adazio, I, practices are very tight. You know, you're, you, they might give reporters 30 minutes to, to watch. Um, you get a window to talk to the, the coach and maybe a few players afterwards. So things are really different than the days that I remember anyone who wanted to could come off the street and come sit in front of practice. I brought my dog there one day, my, I, my little – puppy beagle that I named Lubick I watched practice right there you know and I remember a ball an errant ball came our way and almost took you know a, a receiver almost took me and my dog out and but I mean that was just that was those were the good old days that you probably will never see again uh probably not I I don't know that those days will ever come back but I certainly enjoyed them and I enjoyed the relationships that I got to build with people like you uh, and I I I think that um you know, it, it, um, 
it has a lot to do with social media. Uh, and, and that's, that's the world we live in. I, I think that, um, I also think that, um, it helped student athletes, uh, be around the media and learn how to conduct themselves with interviews as well. Because, you know, when you get out, um, you guys both know you're not going to play forever. I don't care how good you are. Peyton Manning didn't get to play forever. At some point they say you've had a great career, but bring your cleats in your playbook. Um, I think when you have the opportunity as a student athlete to do interviews, it prepares you for job interviews. How are you going to present yourself? Right. I want to ask you this too, Ozzy, um, because I'm curious how you would have, handled this either internally or externally, but the last couple of years, there have been almost like a witch hunt from the Colorado. And I know their, their, their job is to report news, but it was almost, I mean, week after week, just hit after hit, like looking for dirt to dig up on CSU. And do you ever remember the investigation uh, into the, allegations that there were players mistreated and racism, potentially racial undertones. And then there was COVID we were breaking COVID protocols. It was just like hit after hit. Did you guys ever take that kind of stuff personally and just say, Hey, these guys are out to get us. Maybe we restrict them a little bit. I'm just curious. How, how does that work in the internal structure from, from you guys? Well, I, I'm hopeful that I, I could, I, I think some of those thoughts came from time to time. I think anytime um, that you're in a department and there is negative publicity, there are some of those things. I'd like to think I was a voice of reason in saying, hey, you know, that's not in our best interest to restrict them. Um, I would hope that there could be a better partnership because Joel, you and Mike, when you say in the old days, when you had a, um, a relationship with the Colorado, they're the hometown newspaper. And I know that Fort Collins has grown. It's 180,000 people. It's still got a small town feel. And that's one of the reasons we all love Fort Collins. It's got a small town feel. Um, Mike, with you and I growing up in the Arkansas Valley, it's got a small town feel. Um, and I would hope at some point that they could restore the relationship uh, between the two because the Colorado needs Colorado State. And having a hometown newspaper benefits CSU too. Exactly. I completely agree with that. Um, so as, as the SID for as long as you were, I know you enjoyed working with all the coaches and student athletes at CSU. That said, who are some of those that really stick out to you as people you just love to work with and what made those relationships so great? You know, uh, Mike, without question, uh, two people we've mentioned. Uh, number one on my list is Sonny Lubick because he always made you feel like you were important. And he was fair um, and is fair. You know, he's a teammate of mine at Canvas. So that's, you know, that's uh, Sonny without question. And even today, when I see Sonny Lubick, the same as it was, when he arrived here as the head coach in, in uh, 93 and even 10 years before that as an assistant, the first question is always, how's your family doing? It's not, hey, I need this. Will you do this? Go get It's how's your family doing? How are your kids? And uh, that meant a lot to me. Uh, Fun McGraw, my first boss, 
who had the biggest hands in, in history. Um, I will share this story with you. The day that Fum was getting ready to announce in 1986 that he was going to retire, he called myself down, and I think it was me, Doug Max, and Leon Fuller, the football coach. And he said, hey, I'm going to retire. And then he opened his desk drawer. You'd never get away with this now. He opened his desk drawer. And he says, I want to have a toast with you, with you, uh, with you three. And he pull, pulled out a bottle of Yukon Jack. I've oh, never had a drop of Yukon Jack since. <laughs> we all had a shot. I thought I was going to die. I thought I drank gasoline. It is the worst. Um, it is the worst. the worst, but that was, you know, Fum wanted to toast that with some with people he, he worked with closely. Uh, Fum, Sonny, Tom Hilbert, um, amazing what he has done. Um, certainly Nico and his staff. Then I, I think um, another one that's high on my list is Boyd Grant, because I've never seen a more passionate individual for his alma mater than Boyd Grant. And uh, Boyd, probably 20 years ago, bought a green and gold casket because he said, I guarantee you that when I die, I will be buried in a green and gold CSU casket. And Mike and Joel, I think the, the interesting thing about Sonny was, uh, not Sonny, uh, about Boyd, we used to joke that he hated losing more than he loved winning. Um, he loved to win, but he hated to lose. He was, he, he hated losing. So he and he felt like, you know, Boyd felt like when he lost, he let his alma mater down. I got a, a, a couple stories about Sonny and Fum since you just brought them up. I remember, so my classes at, when I was an undergrad at CSU, most of them were on the second floor of Moby B, the connector between Moby and, and the Rex right. where your office, your, your office was by the uh, computer lab, this thing right. computer lab. And I just remember every time walking into class, because Sonny's office was that first, when you're walking up, it's the first right. And he would just be in the hallway and would stop you as a student, would stop you. Didn't know, didn't know our names, but it's like, hey, how you doing? How's classes going? I mean, every, almost every day. Some days he'd just pop his head in and say, hey, hope you all are doing well. Keep on those books. I mean, that he's just such a genuine guy. So Hearing, hearing that, you know, what you had to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's so true. I mean, he's just the nicest guy. And then Fum's hands. <laughs> when we, when we uh, beat Missouri in the, uh, in the Holiday Bowl, it was the post-game party at the, the team hotel. And I, I, we introduced each other uh, and shook hands. And I swear, his fingers touched my elbow. Like his hands were, his hands were that big. His hand just went all the way up my, up my uh, forearm to my elbow. Mike, that's how it was shaking Fum's hand with those big hands. Um, you mentioned Sonny and just kind of his, he's so genuine and authentic. One of my favorite stories, and I remember it because the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup annually, and it continues on, I believe. CSU Athletics would do a donor golf tournament in Yuma for the Yuma County and Morgan County alums. And I drove out there with one of my assistants in sports information and two assistant men's basketball coaches. And uh, we, we play golf and then they have a barbecue and it's getting to be a long night. 
And I kind of round up the three guys that rode with me and I said, Hey, um, we're going to look like field of dreams. We're going to walk through this cornfield and we're going to get in my car and go because it's getting to be late. And Sonny caught wind of that. And he said, Hey, Ozzy, can I ride with you guys? <laughs> I said, coach, coach, I got a, I, I, I had like a, a, a mercury marquee. I said, coach, I've got three guys with me. He says, that's okay. And he says, I'll ride on the hump. He, he was determined he would ride on the hump in the back seat. So here we are. CSU has won already under him two conference championships, been to two bowl, two holiday bowls. We stop in Akron to get snacks. He says, hey, man, we need, we need drinks and we need snacks. We need popcorn. We need chips. And we're listening to the avalanche clinch the Stanley Cup on the drive back. And honestly, I will never, ever forget looking in the rearview mirror at the head football coach at Colorado State, um, passing out snacks, riding on the hump in the back of a, of a sedan. And I, ke- I always kept thinking and still do. I wonder if Steve Spurrier would do this in Gainesville, you know, if he'd ride in the backseat of a Mercury marquee handing out snacks, but that's who he was and he didn't care and he didn't mind. Um, he just was one of the guys. That is amazing. That is great. W- one more story while we're telling Sonny stories. So this was actually very recent. So I had just taken a new job. Um, I was in a sales kickoff meeting. It was probably January of, of 2020. So right before COVID hit and I'm sitting in this meeting, a small like, group meeting that we we're all broken off in these groups and my phone starts ringing. I look down and it was Sonny. And I don't even remember having Sonny's contact information in my phone, but it came up with Sonny Lubick and I'm like, Sonny's calling me. So I step out because I'm not certainly not letting that go to voicemail. I step out of the meeting and answer the phone and he goes, oh, hey, Joel. And I do a horrible Sonny Lubick impression as my wife will remind me. But he basically said, you know, Carol, Joe and I were going through boxes in the basement and, and we came across a Christmas card that you had sent last year. And we could not remember if we had responded to that. And I just felt horrible about it. And I just wanted to call and check in on you and your family and see how the kids are doing. And we miss seeing you. And I'll still never forget that dinner that we had because we, my wife and I bought a, well, bought, we, we were in the, the Ram Good Time auction, spent like 1500 bucks on a Johnny Carino's dinner with Sonny and Carol Joe was the best night ever. But he goes, we'll never forget that night. And so that's just Sonny, like just out of the blue, calling you, calling as a random person and telling him he was thinking about you. So that Sonny Lubick is a treasure and uh, just, just I, I think the best thing that's ever happened to CSU. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I could yeah. not agree more. Well, uh, um, so I'm going to ask you, as we were talking kind of about, um, as Mike had asked you about the p- favorite people to work with, um, as you look back, though, as far as players go, what, how was it working with when Bradley Van Pelt was around and he's calling in talk show hosts after you know after games and from a from the bus the on the post game or or giving some some pretty significant sound bites or or quotes in newspapers how was that for you i used to have hair that's how it was i had hair at that time. i used to have hair uh, <laughs> i loved it I, I i loved his passion his competitiveness um he was as you guys know an amazing athlete um and he was a free spirit and i can remember that um, you know, on Sundays, coaches at that time broke down tape and 
started on the game plan and I worked most, I worked on Sundays as well throughout the season on the news release and upcoming events and different things. And I would check with Sonny and his staff early in the day on the depth chart. And then we'd go, you know, I'd work and they'd work. Um, and seldom on a Sunday would Sonny call me to his office. Uh, I can remember that after, after he called into the talk show at, uh, following the Rocky Mountain Showdown, Sonny called me the next day. I go down there. There's Bradley. We sit and chat. Bradley vows he's not going to do that anymore. Uh, the very next week, um, CSU, I believe, played at UCLA and lost near the end of the near the end of the game. I walked off the field holding, you know, basically had my finger in his belt loop. And I said, Bradley, remember, we talked about this week with coach. You're going to you know, you're going to mind your manners, right? Yep. Going to mind my manners. Yep. Not going to say a word. And he teed off on the coaching staff about poor decisions they made in the game against UCLA. That next day, I'm sitting in Sonny's office again with Bradley. Um, he was, uh, he was dead, he, and still is. Um, I, I appreciate him. I, I love Bradley Van Pelt, um, but he could, uh, he could definitely, definitely drive you nuts. I see you still furling your brow right there, but. Uh, oh, man. You know, oh, that, that personality you know, and the way that he played the game, uh, is why we still talk about him 20 years later. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and then the head spike, I mean, that. <laughs> and, and I remember, I think Dave Platty wrote it in his, remember his platitudes? He had yes. that little poem. Uh, and I like Dave. Um, I do too. Did, did that strain, did, did anything ever become strained with, with you with him? Probably not, but. No, not really. Not really. You know, uh, I, I appreciated his passion. And, uh, oh, with Dave Platty, no. Not at all. Dave's a Dave's a good friend, and uh, uh, and I think um, incredible at his craft. But um, you know, Bradley's a free spirit, and he's going to tell you what's on his heart. But he 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 backed it up. He put his money where his mouth was, and he played the game hard, and um, he loved Colorado State. I've been curious, Ozzy. You know, back in the day, did you guys keep? many tabs on what was being said there wasn't necessarily social media in the early days of ramnation.com but our message board was really the early stages of of social media um i know i would used to get emails every now and then from coaches who were kind of concerned with oh you know so-and-so stopped by practice and they posted hey we ran this play or so-and-so got dinged up um i know that there was a couple times that i heard from ellers you know, if someone came on our board and was blasting a player or a coach or something like that, did you guys keep many tabs personally or your staff on on what was being said online? Uh, from time to time, but not a lot. I mean, if there was a hot button issue, yes, but not not routinely. Um, I, I know that that successful coaches like Sonny Lubick felt like, hey, you know what? Um, don't worry about what people are saying. Worry about doing your job. Well, Ozzy, I, I gotta. I want to talk about one of our sponsors before we continue. But uh, have you ever been to Ginger and Baker? I have. I have yeah, several Ginger, times. Ginger is a great sponsor of ours. Uh, great cash, cash restaurant is 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 unbelievable. Craft cocktails got award winning wine list. Great apps, hand cut steaks, fresh fish. I love sitting on the rooftop. I've I sat up there last. It's cool. Last fall with uh, 
brought some, brought some family members in. We sat up there. It was unbelievable. Um, cafe, they got live and local music every Thursday on the patio. Uh, world-class teaching kitchen. I just love Ginger Graham. She's awesome. And she's really created a special, special place up there in the River District. So uh, just want to remind all of our listeners to stop on in to my favorite restaurant in all of Fort Collins, Ginger and Baker. Awesome. With all your time up there, you witnessed a lot of great things, a lot of bad things too. So looking back on that, what were some of those just heartbreaking losses that made your job so difficult uh, following the game? Oh, gee, Mike, uh, you know, as a baseball guy like you, you tend to learn how to turn the page fairly quickly after a heartbreaking loss. Um I think, you know, some of the losses in the Rocky Mountain showdown that went down to the wire, I think were heartbreaking. Um, I think the Utah loss in, in 94 with such an incredible game and then to, to have it fall apart at the end. I think that those were tough. Um, I, I can tell you, I, I think there were, there were devastating losses, but none that I couldn't get over because I think they're overshadowed by some of the things that took place that were so exciting. So on the other side of that coin, what are what are some of those favorite wins that you uh, got to enjoy? Uh, I think I think at the top of the list is the win over Arizona in '94, uh, the win over Missouri that Joel talked about in the Holiday Bowl. Um, I think that was the win over Louisville in the Holiday Bowl. Um, I think those are are I think those bowl wins were incredible. I think the win at Virginia. Um, which would have been what in 2001 or two. I think that, that yeah, it was, it, that was extremely memorable to go to an ACC school that had a good program and to win. Um, that was memorable. And then I think, you know, if you look at men's basketball, um, Boyd Grant taking CSU to back-to-back NCAA tournaments, beating Florida by, I think, 20 points in um, in, in the, uh, in the NCAA first round. And then, playing Syracuse in the second round that started five guys that would go on to play in the NBA. Uh, those are really memorable for me. Um, uh, Tim Miles taking CSU and Larry Eustachie taking CSU to the NCAA tournament uh, because I saw the I saw the hard work bearing fruit that those student athletes and coaches had. And I felt great for our, all of our, you know, the three of us, our alma mater, um, having that, having that bright light shined on them. So you're a baseball guy, Ozzy. How how disappointing was it when CSU was dropped back in the summer of '92? And do you ever foresee a way that baseball ends back at CSU, or is that just way too difficult in this day and age with Title IX and finances and and all that? I don't know that there's a path back unless something um, incredible happened out of the ordinary. Uh, Joel, that was one. You know, I I um, it's funny because um, with the announcement of the Hall of Fame, I heard from numerous friends of mine who were all on the baseball team. Um, I walked on as a freshman. Um, that was one of the saddest days of my professional career was when that when baseball, among other programs, was dropped because uh, you're eliminating opportunities for student athletes, men or women. You know, baseball got dropped. Um, women's gymnastics, a field, uh, several programs were eliminated and you eliminate opportunities. And for me, it was having to face some of my really good friends, 
that I went to college with and, you know, Joe, people like you that, that were in the program and suddenly you're not going to have a program. And that's really hard. That was one of my worst professional days ever. Uh, that's, I, I did, I, I remembered baseball. Obviously I had just received a recruiting letter from the program that my junior year in high school, and then they dropped it a couple of months later. But, and I remember softball being dropped. I didn't realize the other sports that were, uh, that were cut loose back then too. Yeah. I, I mean, over a span of, you know, many years, when I came to school here, there were 23 varsity uh, programs and now CSU sponsors 16. So seven have been eliminated. And, and I don't know, I, I think it would be hard to see any of them coming back. Yeah. With softball being one of them and, and uh, they, they took legal action, which went all the way to the Supreme court, I believe, and got reinstated and, uh, pretty good program now, which is good to see. Yeah, definitely. Hey, fellas, I got to cut you off and jump on another call, um, but I appreciate it, and, and, and it's a pleasure. I hope this, Joel, we talked about getting together for lunch. I'd love to get you guys. I, I'm in Denver one or two days a week. If you let me know when I can buy you lunch, I'll meet you both and buy you lunch. We'll do, Ozzy. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy. Thank Thanks, you, buddy. guys. I appreciate you guys. Good to see you. We appreciate you. Great to see you. Take care. All right. That was Gary Ozello, longtime CSU employee and just uh, one of the best people you will ever meet. I just eat up all those memories and in times uh, back in the 90s and in 2000s. Uh, but he has been here since 1978. He, he, he started his career CSU and, and just uh, talk about a guy who really cares about this place. So Really good to catch up with him. Uh, we will be talking CSU football starting early next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. We're going to catch up with a former student media member who actually used to write a little bit for RamNation.com back when we had a subscription in the mid-2000s. Uh, Zach Borg used to work for CTV, and he now works for a television station in South Dakota. And he will be out here for the football game, the season opener on September 3rd. So he's going to be joining us uh, for a, an episode to preview that, that opening game and uh, talk about the Jackrabbits and how uh, CSU matches up. And that is going to be very good. Uh, and then we also have uh, Joe Parker on the books for next week as well to kind of talk about the latest in CSU athletics and a lot of hot topics that are going on. So stay tuned. We'll be back for a couple of shows next week. Thank you all for listening. Before we go, you've got to stop by.